But he did not rebel, because he didn't see how that would help ease his feelings of displacement. And in the moments when he wasn't feeling irritated, he comforted himself with the thought that she was jealous of the invisible shared play space uniting him and only him with the child. In the first months, his relationship with the child was certainly not as close. He had broken out in a sweat when he walked it in the stroller, because she wanted to have just an hour of peace for once. When the child woke up and looked into the empty sky with those eyes that still couldn't focus, or discovered its face in the mirror as though it were the face of a stranger, or when it began to cry for an unknown reason and could not be comforted, then it had seemed to be some strange kind of animal. It was as though he'd brought home an exotic pet by mistake, with its own contrary needs and a particular smell. He had often observed the child with envy when it nursed, noticing that it was instantly comforted, and every time the crying started, his hands began to sweat, his pulse raced, and he felt completely helpless and lost. He had sensed the accusing glances of old women, one of whom reprimanded him because she believed the child was too lightly covered. He had muttered an apology and added a layer— although he knew that the most current advice warned not to dress babies too warmly in winter, which could cause sweating and subsequent dehydration and overcooling. He was annoyed with himself for capitulating to the insinuations instead of standing his ground. He had never been able to assert himself. He regularly let people cut in line, and he was always the last one to get on the bus. She had once said that he didn't have an opinion about anything, that he should talk back sometimes, that she couldn't stand to hear him responding obsequiously any more. He was subsequently at a loss for words. And afterward, they had bitterly and silently cleaned up and went wordlessly to bed, each on their own side. That was before she'd gotten pregnant, but she had still irritated the hell out of him often enough. If he had become angry then, she would have apologized profusely, and they would have had sex afterward. She had never understood that he simply saw repressing his anger as a sign of good upbringing. He wouldn't try to make his point by using all his power against her. On the way to the playground, they had to cross the boulevard. The first time he went jogging with the sports stroller and had to stop at a red light before crossing, he had suddenly realized he was holding only the stroller's handle, which obviously had not been mounted properly. The stroller rolled directly toward the street. He barely managed to catch it in time. The child was asleep and hadn't even been awoken by the episode, but he still remembered the wave of adrenaline that had spread through his body in a split second and the maelstrom it had unleashed within him. The surge had enabled him to run after the rolling stroller even before he formulated a thought about the danger. He also recalled the feel of his wobbly knees afterward brought on by the realization that his child could have been crushed beneath the passing cars. In his imagination, he could envision just how the stroller was hit, and the child was thrown into the air. It landed with an ugly, shapeless splat on the asphalt and remained there. He tried to ban such thoughts, but they were so graphic and persistent that another wave of panic broke over him. He subconsciously wished to cause his child's death. To him, that was obviously the basis of the fantasy. 
He could not possibly jog any farther, and tears began to form in his eyes as he shakily pushed the stroller forward. Even if the ordeal was an indication of a terrible secret wish of his, he would never have forgiven himself if he had somehow caused the child to be in an accident. Since the child's birth, he had been constantly holding back tears of emotion and trepidation, and his imagination had become more active and vivid. He no longer dreamed about commandos who wanted to shoot him down or chases that he couldn't elude. Instead, his dreams were haunted by maggot-like child chimeras that were being threatened by a dog he had to chase away, or crawling unknowingly toward a dangerous abyss. He dreamed again and again that he was tied up or paralyzed, and he woke up at the exact moment when the child met its death. At least in his dreams, he had been upgraded from victim to hopeless tragic hero. Just before the episode with the faulty stroller,